what what day was that sent uh i'm just looking online so um if you go online under finance committee meetings and agendas find it there okay i got it thank you and then it just popped yeah you can just hit it there great Good afternoon, finance committee members. This meeting has been held pursuant to section three of executive order N2920 issued by Governor Newsom on March 17, 2020, and executive order N08-21 issued by Governor Newsom on June 11th, 2021. The regular meeting of the finance committee meeting for Today, October 6, 2021, will be conducted telephonically through Zoom and broadcast live on the city's website. Um, thank you, Mr. Clerk, and I'll call the meeting to order. Um, I don't think we need to have a roll call, but I'll note that myself and the other, the other committee uh, member, uh, Vice Mayor Kelman, are both on the call, as is our city manager and as are our financial, um, our financial experts. Um, so what I'm, what I'll do first is call a public comment for matters not on the agenda. I don't see any, I don't see any me members of the public on our call though. Uh, Mr. Clerk, could you please confirm that? Madam Mayor, you are correct. We have no members of the public at this point. Okay. In other in that case, I will close public comment for matters not on the agenda. Um, I didn't see any, I don't see any minutes uh of past meetings attached so we're going to move on from that um i don't believe we have any old business and so now moving on to item e new business uh, we have two items on our new business uh one is e1 to continue remote public meetings under ab 361 uh compliance in our e2 um item e2 is our finance report for first quarter fiscal year 2021 i believe we're also talking for fourth quarter um receiving the treasurer's report for fourth quarter fiscal year 2021 um and so the our first matter then is that um we will address the matter of ab 361 um and that uh is to um, continue to allow members of the public the legislative body and city staff to safely participate in local government meetings uh, authorizing teleconference meetings in compliance with ab 361 and so I don't think we have a report on that, do we, um, Mr. Uh, Chris, Mr. Zapata, our city manager? We just need a vote on that. Yes. Okay. Then um, I suppose I, then I'll make the motion that we um, pass a resolution for the finance committee to continue remote public meetings under AB three sixty one compliance. And I will concur with that motion. <laughs> so a second from uh, and since. I believe the committee is the vice mayor and I. Um, do we vote? I, do we vote on that? I mean, Madam Mayor, if you would like me to do a quick roll call, I can call both of you. That's fine. Um, vice Mayor Kelman. Yes. And Mayor Hoffman. Yes. Okay. Very well. Passes unanimously. Um, then we will continue to meet. Uh, we will continue to authorize for the finance committee meeting teleconference uh, meetings in compliance with AB 361, Government Code Section 54953E to continue allow continue to allow members of the public, legislative body, and city staff to safely participate in local government meetings. Okay, moving on then to item two on our agenda. 
is uh, our treasurer's reports. And so that those reports are going to be by, um, I believe, Chad, are you going to do the reports or Adam, are you going to do them? Yes, so I will present on the treasurer's reports and then Adam will discuss the budget actuals that we have available for, for the committee. Can you guys um, introduce yourselves? For yes. Okay, yep. thanks. My name is Chad Hess. I am the contract finance manager for the city of Sausalito. Adam? Yep, and then, uh, hello, uh, nice nice to see you all. I've, I've been on a few of your council members or meetings, but I think this is the first time that I've gotten to interact with you. Charlie and Chad keep me in the back of the office, so I, it's nice to, nice to see you all. But uh, my, name's, my name's Adam Stone, and I am the contract uh, finance director. Thank you. Very good. Welcome to the light of day uh, in this meeting. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Am I able to share my screen? I believe so. Let me give it a try. Yep, looks good. Perfect. So last time we met with the, the finance committee, I think there was, we, we, we just kind of presented a draft or we presented it, but it wasn't official. So we're going to go over the June 30th, 2021, so quarter four um, of fiscal year 21 treasurer's report. And what this will tell us is kind of the cash balances in our investments, as well as cash accounts at the Bank of Marin. Um, and then we will go over the, the next one, quarter one of FY21 in draft after this. So on this first page, um, very high level summary is where do we have our cash and investments? So it'll tell us kind of the, the par value, the, the, the balance at the bank, and then the percentage of the portfolio, the total cash and investments that the city has. So 37% is at the Bank of Marin. Um, our investments are invested in LAIF, the local agency investment fund managed through the state controller's office of the state of California, 31%. Um, PARS trust, that's going to be a combination of our OPEB and our pension section 115 trust dollars, um, just over 4 million there, 17% of our cash in investments. And then we have the Bank of New York Mellon, which holds our kind of debt service payments for those bonds that they act as, as paying agent as well as some of our project cash for the sewer project fund. Um, that's 15%. As of June 30th, uh, if we go down to the next page here, this gives a little bit more detail. Again, that state treasurers, so the LAFE account is the, the 7.4 million. And then the PARS, you can see the breakdown of what is al allocated to pensions and then what's allocated to, to, to OPEB. So there's your OPEB and there's your pensions. Um, Bank of New York Mellon, um, we have some debt service funds available for the 2006 GO refunding or the GO bond. Um, those dollars are coming from secure property taxes. The County Marin sends them directly to BNY and then they make the bond payment um, on behalf of the city. Hey, Chad, uh, one second. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm not sure. So if I click on the agenda and I look and I click on Maybe I click on the first thing, which is, I think it's the, uh, let's see here. which one is, which there's one. That, let's see here. It should be the top one. Oh, we got an access denied on that. Yeah. So that's what I'm getting to. Oh, um, hang on. Do, yeah. Do we have an issue on that? I thought maybe it was um, covered under one of the other. This is the, the, the staff report. For the June 30th, 
so it looks like we've got a bad link on this top item that I'm presenting here. Okay, oh, so not that one. Yeah, can the city clerk just comment on that? I know sometimes there's um, a posting error when we try to update uh, versions. Um, Madam Mayor, let me real quick go into the links and see if I can re-upload um, the document. I apologize for the error. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, there's no mem there aren't members of the public on, so um, let, uh, let's see if you can fix it. But I would say let's just keep going. Just let's make sure that we get it posted hopefully by the end of the meeting. Yep. Yeah. And this would have been posted on that last kind of finance committee meeting that we, we had a couple months ago. It was back in August, I think. Was the last yeah, one. yeah, okay. yep, yep. So it, it, it's, it's probably out in public forum, but yes, let's get that that corrected. So this one is is a dead link. Do you want me to email it out or just wait for Surge to fix it? Um, yeah, you can go ahead and email it out. That's fine. That'd be good too. Okay. Um, let me just stop my share real quick. File share. Why don't we Why don't we take a pause here, real quick? Okay. Let's just we're just gonna let's just pause for just a second and let's see what. It is on its way to everyone's inbox. Let me just make sure I don't get that email filter for anyone. So, you know, Chad, as, as we're going through this, um, might as well mention, and maybe um, the city manager can help with this. I think the treasurer's report should be posted uh, on um, the website with our other financial documents. So, um, we should talk about updating that and just creating further transparency but because you guys are our checks and balances, I think we should have that up as well. Yeah, so put that in kind of in conjunction with the, the budgets and the audit reports and kind of put it in a, in a visible format um, or a visible setting instead of just within the minutes and agendas. Exactly, yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, so let's just, let's just keep going and um, if the clerk can uh, let us know um, when he's able to uh, attach that to the agenda online, that would be great just just send us a check or, or search you can um you can just pop on and let us know i'm working on it right now um madam mayor and it should okay. be up in the next three minutes okay thanks Serge. Thanks, okay Serge. sorry sorry about that chat right. yeah yeah no worries i'm glad we glad we caught that so we've got just over a million dollars as of 6 30 um in a a basically a, a a fiscal agent account available to pay the 2006 geo bonds debt service um, the next two items, we have 2015 um, sewer bond project. We've got some primary funds. This is basically project cash that's available to construct or improve some of the, the, the sewer. And then we have some reserves, some project reserve, if there are any overages um, on those project costs. Those are, are to be held, held back and spent in that manner. Um, 
we've got this 2016 COP project funds of $89 um, with our last draw, draw four comes to mind or draw five. We intended to draw down all of the funds, close the account, but there was some interest that was accruing in the background. So we got another $89 and submitted a new draw that came in uh, in July. So as of 630, there were $89 of un undrawn COB, COP um, project funds. And then we have $3 sitting in a COP uh, debt service fund that's just sitting there for kind of some interest that we've earned since we pay BNY out of city resources. They hold the dollars for a short period of time before they remit to, to the bondholders. So that's kind of a, a, a little broader breakdown of kind of where we hold our cash and the purpose of holding that cash. On the next page, we have a, basically a reconciliation between the various bank accounts. Um, this would agree to that front schedule. And then this is kind of a GL breakdown of, of cash and bank, investments, PARs, um, PARs, trusts, et cetera. And then some reconciling items. Um, it shows kind of our uncleared deposits and transit. Um, we've got outstanding checks. Um, this July 1st payroll item is the net pay withdrawal for the July 1st payroll. So that's kind of a, a unique reconciling item um, that is out there. We wanted to, to bring that to attention. And then the paychecks reconciling item, we've made really good progress, but we had about 11,000 still out there um, for the challenges that the city staff was having reconciling paychecks to GL. Um, our team has worked and, and corrected the bulk of that. There were several paychecks that were for payroll postings that weren't reconciling, but we've built a template and now successfully posted payroll. Um, oh, I wanna say it's four or five payrolls now that we have 100% reconciliation between paychecks, GL, and the bank. So those reconciling challenges have been reduced. We've just got some of this residual that's sitting out there. These are proving to be a little bit tougher but we've got the access to the data now that we need, and it's just a matter of getting those reconciled. Hey, Chad, can I ask you a question? Yeah. So what, um, up through what months are we still talking about? Like, you guys came in in June, June and the mm -hmm. you started reconciling in June or started Yes, yep, yep. So there was, oh, man, I mean, this went back, this went back like October, November, um, for a lot of these payroll, actually, it might have even been later than that. Um, so we've, we've pulled out all of the, the primary payroll runs that were, were not matching the paychecks to the bank and the GL. Mm -hmm. And we fixed all of the primary payroll runs. This 11,000 is a result of some kind of off cycle corrections that needed to take place. Um, there were some instances where somebody was paying social security and shouldn't have paid social security. So they have to go back and redo things. A lot of this is just the result of off cycle activity that wasn't being captured within the GL export. Um, we've put a process in place. I don't have it available. I can, if I can show a different screen, um, I guess I don't know all of the rules on public comment, if I can show other things besides what was published. Um, but I can get you a schedule of what, payrolls that relates to if that would be helpful if that answers your question yeah i just um i just wanted to be you know uh, the explanation be clear you know for people that are what yeah know. yep so there was there were issues with payroll reconciliations as far back as september and october of 2020 
<clears throat> yeah, let me let me pull up the the actual <clears throat> the actual item just so I can give you kind of all of the details. Um, paychecks response missing. This is that while he's while Chad's looking that up. One thing I would also uh, want to make sure to report is, in addition to the outstanding reconciliations, another another item is the they were batching or accruing payrolls outside of the general ledger for for extended periods of time. In addition to one of the things that's been been addressed is now on the day that the payroll is run, there's a book entry being made um, that reconciles to that gross to net payroll. So we, we, we feel pretty comfortable that we've moving forward. For, so today there's a pay cycle this week. So this cycle and entry is being prepared. So as we resolve these kind of outstanding historical items, uh, we feel very confident in the staff's process moving forward with regards to posting payroll to the the city's general ledger as the cost is incurred and the payrolls are calculated. Adam, what exactly do you mean that it was posted outside the general ledger and over what time period um, was that occurring? Yeah, good, good question. So uh, to your first point, what I mean by that is that they're, uh, they're using a vendor called Paychex. So in that software, it was calculating the template general account it was essentially calculating the gross to net payroll liabilities at the account level, but those entries weren't being correspondingly made in the Springbrook accounting software. So, and, and to some extent months were going by when, so payrolls were happening, expenses were being incurred, cash was being um, dispersed. Oh. But if you would run, you know, an income or expense st statement or a balance sheet within the accounting information system, it, it did not see that activity, uh, which is obviously a major, major breakdown um, on, on multiple fronts. So that is completely now aligned to best practice, which is that it's booked as incurred. Um, and that's still in this paychecks third party software. Keep in mind that directionally city is moving to Springbrook cloud, bringing payroll in house. So which will actually even tighter integrate more, more tightly integrate payroll activities um, into the core accounting information system. So then we'll no longer use paychecks and no longer have that third party and also no longer the cost associated with that third party? That's yes. correct. So that, that, that ERP implementation is really starting with, you know, the core GL, Springbrook accounting systems, kind of our, our financial reporting, and then <laughs> payroll will follow. I think it's currently slated for the first payroll of the new calendar year. What version of Springbrook um, are we on? What version of Springbrook is the latest and what are we up to date on? So we're on version seven. Um, they've, they've converted now to a cloud platform where it's kind of continuously updated. They call it Springbrook Enterprise. As far as like a version number, I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know what version they're gonna label Springbrook Enterprise is, but it is maintained and hosted by Springbrook. 
and it's kind of continuously updated. They manage that that instance on our behalf, and if they have new and new you know features or new improvements, they're basically just added to the system. They're, we're given notice, but it's not something that the city has to maintain as far as like adding security patches or adding version upgrades. Well, we're not um, on that, right? You're telling me we're using the hosted not, version. Yeah. We're not. We're, we're okay. using an in-house hosted version. Correct. Okay. Um, it, it's couple versions old from my best understanding I don't know specifically like if it's version if they consider cloud version 9 or version 10 I don't know that um, but it is moving to a hosted solution okay thanks for that thanks for that sorry for that digression but that's helpful so yeah um, here's kind of the the where we started you know we had various various items that were were not being reconciled um, so like these here, this was like the 1231 payroll. There's a, a 1221 payroll. So that's maybe where it, it, it first started. And then it was kind of sporadic. There were, you know, several payrolls in a row. And then it, I mean, it was just, it was just goofy. So we were able to work through that. I can make it a little bit bigger just to make it convenient. So all of the kind of all of these here were, were, were fixed. These are kind of like the primary payrolls. Um, it's these here that we didn't have good visibility on and we were able to go back and find like the off cycle adjustments that uh, that these relate to. So I could find like a cash requirements report, which tells me, okay, Paychex is going to withdraw these funds from our bank. I was able to find the payroll journal that tells me who and how much we've paid in that activity. And then I was able to find like a GL export report for for these items that says, okay, which general ledger accounts should this activity hit so it was just a, i think it was just a matter of they didn't really have a good understanding of, of of how to pull the reports out of paychecks or when they do this off cycle stuff that it wasn't being captured within um within the within the the, the export report that they had um so that's that's kind of where we're at on that um the bulk of it's been cleaned up we've got a couple of these smaller items still standing out there. We just, yeah, it's just a matter of getting those cleaned up and posted. Um, the control that we put in place, you know, if you guys want to learn a little bit more about what we've done to correct that challenge, um, I can show you, I can show you kind of our control that we've put in place. I don't know if I'm getting too far outside of the scope of the finance meeting. No, but. I mean, Mayor, if you're indulged, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's let's go for okay. a couple minutes. Then, then I can show you what we what we've done to kind of eliminate that that challenge, if you will. And so, the challenge we're eliminating is the failure to reconcile our paychecks with our general ledger. Co correct. To making sure that what we're posting to paychecks matches our reports out of paychecks and matches the bank activity. It's kind of a three-way match, if you will. Mm -hmm. So what we what we do is we start with a, a payroll or a, a paychecks export. There's a, a report that we can pull out of paychecks, and this this information columns A through J is is a text file report that comes out of paychecks, um, and that basically tells me which account this is going to hit. Um, next, I pull this this cash requirements. Um, there's this cash requirements, and that says okay, paychecks is going to pull 
X number of dollars out of our account for net pay as well as for the taxes. And you can see here we've got like, here's your, your net pay. So there's going to be X number of dollars of direct deposit. And then we've got like ready checks. Here's your total EFT relating to the net pay um, to provide the employees. And then there's also a, um, a tax liability. So here's net pay. This is your tax. Here's your total withdrawal. Um, that information gets brought over and we, we tie it out. So this is kind of some formulas that I developed to map the paychecks export over to a Springbrook import. And it's basically summarizing all of the cash. So this is kind of the impact of cash. We key in, manually key in the, the cash requirements from our paychecks report. So that's saying, okay, does what we're about to import from paychecks and match the reports that we're getting out of paychecks. Next, I do a, a payroll journal tie-out, um, and that basically tells me the who and who we're paying and how much we're paying them with, with very granular detail. Um, I don't know if I show it up here because it's got like personal elections and such, so I maybe we'll just hold off on that. But it's it's a employee by employee detail that shows their all of their pay, all of their deductions, etc. And I tie out the net pay and the tax liability as well. And then we key in an invoice because that's part of this journal activity. So we've got to make sure that all of these things balance that there that there's no variance, and then we we validate. Um, with the bank activity that, okay, this is the date that the net pay came out, that's the amount. And we're making sure that what paycheck says they're gonna pull is what they actually pulled. And the items that we're about to post in the Springbrook matches back to the payroll activity journals that we can pull out of that payroll system to ensure that, that they match. Um, so I, it, it's, it's, a, it's a template that we developed and essentially they just take this information and paste it into a CSV file and they're, they're able to import it into, into Springbrook. And we've developed a, um, basically a, a, a proof list where, you know, somebody prepares it, somebody reviews it, somebody approves it, and then it gets committed into Springbrook. So it's just ensuring that, that what we're bringing into the system is valid and, and accurate and it matches. Um, that way we don't have to correct these things down the road. And if, if one of those check figures throws an error, we need to stop the process and, and investigate. Chad, um, you're showing us a spreadsheet. Uh, are you doing it manually or is there some type of automated process here? There, 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 could, be, there could be an automated process. Um, right now it's about a 15 minute process to download the reports. Um, there's a way to automate it. Um, but with the pending, with the pending change of bringing it into Springbrook, I, I, I didn't feel there was a cost benefit for such a short term solution. Um, you could, you could, you could automate. Um, but I, I, I just didn't think that the benefit was there. There were other cycles that we, we could certainly work to, to improve and understand and, and, and drive change. So that, that's one of our examples of how we've, we've, tried to bring in the controls to a, a, a better degree and, and make sure that what they're posting from this outside vendor is, is complete, accurate, matches the, the activity in the bank. Okay, thanks. Thanks for that. Doctor. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, okay, so that is kind of our, our, our tie out based on like a high level account structure. The next page, it, it brings into um, 
where is the cash by fund? So this is just a, a very high level, what funds, how is that cash? You know, thinking a little bit about how we can improve this reporting to you guys as, as the decision makers, this is kind of a point in time. My, my thought is, is we could start to, to build out kind of a where were we last quarter by fund. So if we presented a second column here and then we could provide a variance and maybe some kind of indicator like increase, decrease or a percentage increase, decrease. So you could see maybe some of those flux analysis from one quarter to the next by fund. I think that would maybe be a, a valuable view to see. But then also when we go back to, to kind of high level, you know, when we're here, I think we could provide like a longer term picture. We could give you, you know, three to five years maybe of quarter by quarter, where are we at for, for cash and investments and presented in a graph so you could see kind of how they fluctuate over time. Because mm -hmm. um, I think the, the comment that this is just a snapshot, that's, that's really all this is, is it's just a snapshot. And I think that, that rises to the level of the, the state law that says we have to present this. But I think we can give kind of a twofold approach. We can A, meet our state obligation or our obligation to present cash at a point in time, but also can we use this as a decision-making tool or a, an evaluation tool to see where are we going? How are we trending? How are things changing? And we could do that in, in, in maybe a table to sh for those that are, are very textual and want to look at the numbers and see it. But I think we can also take it and build a, like a waterfall chart where it would show kind of balances by, by, by category or by investment. And then you could see how they are changing over time. So I think that would really be the, the next step in this. How do we, A, how do we make it more timely? So we're going to present a draft next on, on quarter one. So you're getting very timely information, but then also to bring in that, that, get that context of how is it changing? How is it evolving? So you can see that, that picture very easily in a report format. Uh, yeah, I think that would be, I think that would be helpful. I mean, it's going to also generate questions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's what we want. Yeah, I think so. And and you should be, I mean, these, the trends and the graphs should sort of follow each other, right? Like we're going to see a build up to uh, certain quarters and then a drop in other quarters and they should be consistent, right? So yeah. go ahead, Janelle. Uh, yeah, I, Chris, you had your hand up first. Do you want to? Oh, sorry. I can't no. see these hands that are in like the, the windows. It's hard to see. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I, I'll wait, Vice Mayor. I, I have a question. It's more general. Okay. Th thank you. Um, and so, Chad, thank you. I, I so... Um, I'm excited to see these changes and these, these updates, and I, I appreciate all your hard work, and I know you've really dug in here. Um, I sort of a general co comment, just picking up on the last point, that I think applies equally um, from the Treasury report to the budget, so, so both for you and Adam, which is that, um, let's take the example of negative balances sitting in the Treasury's report. You know, we see that as a snapshot. We don't know why that is. I don't know why the Capital Improvement Program has almost a million dollars in a negative balance. That's really important to us as we focus more on infrastructure. And so I think overall, as you think about changes for the reports, I think one purpose of financial reports is to see how things are tracking to previous plans and commitments. But the more important purpose is to inform the decision makers about the resource allocation and then provide information about operational efficiency, uh, revenue, et cetera. So I think as they are now, these reports have no specific purpose other than to meet that state obligation, as you said, Chad, um, but we really want to be able to uh, draw policy conclusions from it. And so if that can guide you, um, it's, it's, it would be really, really helpful for us to understand 
you know, some of those things with, again, the example of the negative balances being being one of them. Um, and then more, more specifically, you, you had said that we're getting timely reports. Uh, we had asked that the treasurer's report each quarter be delivered within two weeks of the end of the quarter. Is that kind of your game plan now? Yes. So we are going to present the, the, the quarter one um, treasurer's report. Now, it is, it is a draft because the, the current state of some of our cash receipts is there's a lag between when the departments record the revenue in the system of records, Springbrook, and when we can reconcile the bank. So we are two months two months ago we were um, two months ago we were about a, a, a over a month from close of the month to fully reconciled bank account. This last cycle we shortened it up. We were about three and a half weeks from the close of the month. Um, part of that is just a better understanding of, of where our bottlenecks are, encouraging quicker commitment of cash receipts, reaching out and being more proactive with the, 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 the departments that are feeding these cash receipts into Springbrook and just being more proactive. Um, you know, our goal is to shorten that up. We would love to get to like a 10 day close where we can have great financial reports available to council and, and the, the leaders of the city. Um, we're shortening that period. We're not quite there yet, but we are making meaningful progress towards that goal. Um, so, so, that, yep. so, so if my question is, when are the, what are the balances in the accounts known? You're telling me right now is a three week lag time. Uh, as, as far as a GL perspective, it's a three week lag time. As far as bank balances, I have bank balances available for you today. Like what's in the physical bank, I can provide that to you for for all of the accounts except PARs, that statement comes out the 15th of every month. Okay, so let me take that one step forward. Um, prior to you uh, doing this exercise, um, we had almost all of the uh, COPS money, the certificates of participation money, that five million plus, sitting in the account because it was not reconciled. I've often wondered how exactly did we pay for the parks um, and the renovations, if not from the money sitting in the bank account, um, what can you show us from a reporting perspective to uh, clarify that and help us move on from that? Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me, I think I have a, I think I have a, uh, something that would be a good illustration of that. Let me, let me find it and I'll bring it up on the screen. I'm going to use the treasurer's report actually. Um, essentially what they were doing is, is they were, let me pull up treasurer's report and then I'll, I'll, I'll describe it. Um, okay, I'm going to pull up the Excel version of this of this schedule. So if we go to balances by fund, so essentially this this first column here is our is our our bank at Bank of Marin, and then we have a certificate of participation column over here and this is where this is where that five million dollars was was being held so essentially what was what was happening is they were they were drawing down the the cash at bank of marin and and using that to pay all of these expenditures from the park improvements so this when we look at it from a, an account perspective, the capital projects fund was, was 
taking dollars that were really other funds dollars they were kind of borrowing them to some degree from a from an from a account by account basis like this is the actual balance in in bank of marin as of 630 and essentially and, and the same thing is happening here is that they've overdrawn their resources here in this capital project fund because the general fund has surplus dollars or the sewer fund has surplus dollars, you weren't necessarily overdrawing the, the, the bank account, but it was basically just an accounting entry where they were borrowing dollars from another fund to have their deficit. But the dollars were physically sitting over here in another bank account. So this had like, you know, 5 million bucks sitting over here. And that was what was showing a positive cash balance for you know, overall cash balance, because it's really looking at the total across all of those various accounts. Now, why on earth would somebody do that? And I guess, I, I'm just curious, that's just uh, why on earth would you do that? But, I, but then the more important question for us moving forward is, what did that do to our, our financials that could have led to some type of um, misunderstanding about the cash balances in particular funds? I mean, because when we look at this and we think from a policy perspective, do we want to keep uh, reserves in a certain fund, if that fund is being drawn down and used for something else, it, it tweaks the, the policy decision. So that, that's the type of reporting and understanding I think this council needs to get on top of. So, so why would they do it? I don't, I don't know. I, I, they, they got right. behind. I yep. They got behind and it, it just got, it got behind. I mean, it, it, it took a lot of effort to pull all those invoices and submit the, the, the requisition request. Um, going forward, you know, I think just, just, continually monitoring you know the the where the cash is at you know i think maybe this you know even this view might be helpful we could we could somehow incorporate this so you could see you know okay of of the total cash in that fund which account is it part of you know so that may be one opportunity that we could say you know the 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 sewer fund has six million dollars in cash but Three million of it is in Bank of Marin, which is probably more than they need in that investment or, or part of that because it's, it's a very low productive account. Um, and they've got, you know, project funds sitting over here for, um, you know, various, you know, this is this is this is the, the this is bonded debt, essentially. So this has to be spent on, on capital projects. Well, and, and Chad, the other thing you'll, you'll want to add if you do something like this is to show us the nature of the fund. So. The sewer fund, I run into this all the time because I look at it and go, oh, 3.3 million. And then I'm reminded by the sanitation district that it's an enterprise fund um, and we're paying for at least three folks out of that. And so those numbers are somewhat misleading. So you, if you look at a snapshot to the mayor's earlier point, the snapshot isn't really indicative of the cash on hand. And so mm -hmm. anything we could do to improve that would be really helpful. Okay, let me just, let me take some notes here. And maybe Chris and, and the mayor, is there any comment on that? I mean, that's just, my yeah i mean it, it helps we have all these little idiosyncratic things about the different funds and different rules that apply to the different funds and i think um it, chris or or uh, vice mayor if you can remind me i think we tried to note that in the budget this year where we could so we would do drop down footnotes or something like this fund is you know this fund is restricted in this way um, this is an artificial fund, basically that we we decided to segregate, you know, money so that that we could have some some sort of accounting about how we're spending our general fund uh, revenues and other taxes that come in that aren't 
um, earmarked for certain things. So, um, like as the vice mayor said, it makes it hard when you're looking at your budget. You know, you're trying to figure out what pot am I going to pull from, or what what we actually have access to, right, for our decision making process. So, and we're trying to prioritize. <laughs> so, so maybe a, a column that does discuss or, or states like, is this an enterprise fund, and, and really you got to keep those resources to that enterprise, or if it's a special revenue fund where it's it's got to be expended on that purpose of of those special unique revenues. Would that be would that be helpful? I, it, somehow, some way to notate or note that, right? So maybe um, you, maybe you use different colors. If there's standard, um, if there's standard rules that apply to different types, if there's two or three, you know, that we can easily say, oh, okay, this is blue, then I know that this is a restricted fund or whatever. If not, I mean, just two. Then yeah. I think like a, um, you know, uh, a, uh, I don't know, some sort of leg legend or something, you know, um, explanation for each of the funds with footnotes, right? So number one, this is okay. I get it. This is a, this is, you know, by law segregated. And we can only use this for certain things. Or as the vice mayor just said, um, there really isn't three million in this fund because so much is earmarked for salaries or is already accounted for, right? Yeah. Hey, Chad. Yeah. Hey, hey I'm, I'm thinking two things um, for your notes. GASB 54. Yes, fund balance. Yep. Okay. Uh, would be would be maybe something for this table. And then for the mayor and vice mayor, you know, one thing I've seen in another unit, I, I don't, we would have to see if Salcedo is already doing this somewhere else. Um, if not, I'm happy to verbally dis disclose what it would be and then see if it would be of interest and help you all. The other things I've seen is where finance would put together actually um, kind of a PDF binder of all of the fund resolutions and ordinances in one document that's searchable. So where I've seen that, where it's a little different than that GASB 54, GASB 54 would really be kind of fund classification with, with from an organization standpoint. So within this table that Chad's showing, it would show kind of what funds are committed, what funds are signed, uh, restricted, et cetera. What the, in contrast with this, with this other document would be, would really be more of a, like a desk resource. So if you have a constituent or you have a project that you are considering and you literally can control F or just search the document for certain terminology, and then it may um, guide you to a specific fund number or name whereby you know that has a chartered use uh, for that for that so i don't know if you've seen something like that we would have to see if there's anything historical um if not um I'm, i've seen that successful in other communities and we're, we're happy to try to provide that resource if it would be of value i i think so i don't know um let me ask our city manager um chris Zapata. chris i, I mean does our does our little town warrant that i mean that i think it'd be enormously helpful but i also understand <laughs> it might also be burdensome um so i don't know chris what do you think no i think it's fine uh mayor and vice mayor it sounds like a, a one-off you're consolidating different things into one information um uh you know that anyone can see and see anytime they want to so i don't think there's any harm in that i don't think there's a lot of work in that um so yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, so am I ready to make some comments? Yes, <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, so, so again, you know, uh, Chad, thank you. I think uh, timely is important. 
and accurate is equally important and making sure that the funds are spent for the intended purpose uh, as the mayor mentioned that you know restricted and unrestricted uh, is really important for everyone to understand and I think there's some of that in your reports and there might be a way to highlight that uh, but one thing I think really needs to be highlighted uh, and it's in your staff report and your draft staff reports where you have the whole section on you know the uh, cash and investment portfolio is all of these things and it's all of them aggregated in one paragraph uh, I'd like to see a separate paragraph that breaks out your unrestricted money that's in your general fund reserve uh, because you know at 20 21 june 30th you said it was seven million four hundred eighty seven thousand dollars uh the question is um you know what is it in this quarter because that is really a, a fundamental point for me if the council can understand how much is in their uh, unrestricted reserve and how that uh, contrasts or relates to the uh, policy that's in place in Sausalito of having at least 15% of your general fund reserve in place, uh, that informs a lot of decisions. For example, uh, Mayor and Vice Mayor, uh, you spent $100,000 out of your general fund reserve uh, last month to do the um, initial work on the landslide task force implementation. And the question was asked of me, uh, so where does that money come from? It comes from the reserve. Uh, are we within our policy? And I recall that my recollection is we were at about 30 percent uh, when the policy called for 15 percent. So I thought we were fine, but I didn't actually know until uh, I asked Charlie and he said, well, that would take us down to about 29 percent. But I think as a council and as the city manager, if you know that uh, this is the amount you have in the reserve this quarter uh, and if you have to make an on the fly decision to spend some of that, uh, to transfer some of that, uh, there's uh, an understanding that's pretty current. And I think with what I'm seeing in this staff report, it's kind of lost in the whole cash and investment portfolio paragraph. So if you can break that out, highlight it, I think that'd be helpful to me. Yeah, I think we can we can certainly improve that um, and, and provide a little bit more more clarity around that because I think this is this is what you're talking about here. It's it's just exactly right. It's just there, but it doesn't it doesn't help you get great visibility on some of those other questions as far as like where are we at on reserves to to you know fifteen percent of expenditures or or et cetera. And if we can break that out in in a better in a better presentation or even provide uh, you know maybe in a table format too might be helpful instead of just the 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 inline text if we could break it out in just a summary table. Yeah, well, it's important. It's important enough to me to have it stand on its own. Yeah. Uh, to take that apart from that uh, overall um, information, and you know, if you want to put a table or a summary as to what we spent and where it's been and what it's been, that's great. But I just need to see the number. Yeah. You know, like see the seven million number. I know that's what was at the end of the last quarter of last budget year and this quarter of this budget year. I'm assuming it's seven million. You know, three hundred thousand because we took a hundred thousand out of it to fund one thing. Uh, and I think it's important to council see that because that's the safety net for the community. Mm -hmm. I agree. Okay. Yeah, I think that, that's something we can certainly incorporate into into this. Okay. Point taken. Yeah, thank you. Chad, I, I had one last request you, you mentioned, I think at the top of the hour, which um, yeah. 
the, that the treasury report include the uh, interest earned on each investment? We talked about that before. Yeah, yep. So the basically the rate, the rate of return that you're getting on these investments. Um, if we go here. So I'm, I'm thinking we could we could break it out probably on this this page here and show a column of the rate of return yep. or the expected rate of return. Let me let me know that. I know we talked about it and it kind of got away from me. No, no worries. Great, great job overall. And I think all the comments are headed in the right direction. And I just want to echo the city manager's um, request. I think that is absolutely key to a lot of this decision making. Go, going, going forward, and and maybe this is just a question I need for Chris. Is can I can I prepare kind of a conceptual draft of where we're going and send this to you, like so you can give some feedback. Um, you know, outside of like a finance meeting, just to say, this is where I'm, I'm trying to bring this in preparation of Q2 fiscal year 22. Would that be, would that be reasonable if I brought a document to you and you could give some markup or run it by, by the mayor, vice mayor? Uh, no, absolutely, Chad. If you send me something and, and ask me to opine on it, you know, is it meet what you need uh, in advance of the finance committee so the work can be done uh, and and more uh, cooked and baked before uh, the finance committee sees it, and then they can add and, and suggest. So before the city council and public sees it yep. in its form, I think that's good staff work. Okay, I will I will put something together in preparation of the next one. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, awesome. Thank All you right. for that flexibility. And I think you're you're going to see probably consistent themes from Chad and I that we're trying to. We're trying to develop these templates that are going to be meaningful to you all. So we appreciate the flexibility and letting us share that with you as prototypes. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, we're we're building lots of, of better tools to expedite some of this reporting, and I think we're going to see we're going to see a lot of a lot of fruit coming off of that effort. All right. So I will I will next present um, the the draft of quarter one. And again, this is this is a draft um, in the staff report. I do declare that kind of the, the the bank balances I have faith in, with the exception of PARS, because that statement doesn't come out until the fifteenth. Um, it would have been the the eight fifteen or eight the end of August balance as far as PARS goes. Um, so it's really the same format. It 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 gives you a high level overview of of total cash. Um, where it's at, and then you can see here we've got um, a little more detail available. Um, I, I guess I'm not, I don't know how deep you want me to go on this one, just because it is it is kind of rehashing the same items, and I think the same comments apply, and that that's really good. The one thing I do want to draw to attention of is we've got our reconciling difference here. There's there's cash receipts out there that are working their way through um, through the departments and various things that need to be recorded. It's, it's timing. Um, as we get closer to you know the, the middle of the month, those things will be resolved. Um, and my goal is to present a, a, a final treasurer's report to city council on October um, 26th. So this this to be reconciled will be worked out and will give you the detail of or kind of outstanding checks, deposit and transit, et cetera, and provide that breakdown. But that is, uh, you know that's that's one of those things that because it's a draft and it was prepared like three days after the close of the month 
not all of that information is available. So I, I, in full transparency, I just want to show that and call attention to that. Hey, so um, Chad, can I ask you, yep. sorry, I'm jumping in here. Yeah. So when we do these, our finance committee meetings, um, and it's the end of a quarter, right? And you're gonna be given a quarterly report at the end of yep. that next month. So we should have our finance committee meetings later. If, if, if you want a, a, a complete treasurer's report, not a draft, it, it, my, my deadline can't be the, the fourth of the month because it, it's yeah. too quick for our current state of, of the finance department. I think as we, as we improve and we get better and we, we get better at what we do, we certainly can present sooner in the month, but right right now it's 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 too soon. I got um, it. So sometime around the fifteenth of the month. Yeah, yeah. Is, that is a better that's, time for. Okay, that's a better time for a finance committee meeting. Um, okay. The 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 par statement doesn't come out until the fifteenth, so that's that's one of our holdups. There's not a lot of activity on that pars pars account. Okay. Um, just interest appreciation or interest. Okay. Okay, I think that's helpful for us. Yeah, yep. And then the, the, the treasurer's report again, you know, I, I think what Chris said is is we'll we'll clean up this middle section where we talk about, you know, where the cash is held. It's it's really just this is regurgitation of of the table. Um, and then here we talk about how it's changed a little bit. But I think we can bring that into a more presentable format and compare, you know, quarter by quarter the activity. Um, you know where have these accounts increased, decreased, and then in our our schedule, we can we can add a, a couple more tables that shows that historical trend of all of these accounts and where they've gone for the last several several years. Um, but overall, we had a decrease in cash uh, of about four million bucks. The main drivers of that um, is just the timing of, of tax payments. Um, tax payments are are typically available in the second and fourth quarters, so that's kind of that you know cyclical nature of of governmental finance and when we bring in that historical graph you'll see those ups and downs and almost like a like a sine wave to some degree um so that's that's one of the reasons for the decrease in cash the other thing that i want to call attention to is the 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 pre-funding of the ual um unfunded actuarial liability for for calpers um that payment was made in july um, in full for the year for that un unfunded portion. Um, that allowed the city to realize a 3.5% reduction in the UALL payment. Um, but it's, it's just timing of when that cash is paid. So you, we do have a significant decrease in cash in this quarter. It will be built up and it'll kind of normalize back when we get through the 12 full months instead of making monthly payments, we've just pre-funded it. So that was about $2.6 million for the UALL payments for for all of our pension plans, uh, the seven CalPERS plans that we have. Um, there was also a pay down of uh, a side fund relating to the, the, the classic safety police plan mm -hmm. of about uh, 732,000. Um, so that information I believe was discussed in depth during the budget cycle, but those payments were made and that's what's driving that, that decrease in cash. Hey, Chad, can you, will you, um, we, we need, we, when you call out the prepayment, which is going to, that's going to occur like hopefully every year, right? That we're going to prepay. I, I think it makes sense from, from, from yeah. what I'm, from, from my understanding, I think it makes sense to prepay it. You get a three and a half percent reduction in the UALL payment. Um, so I think, yeah, I think, it, I think next July we're, we would pay it again in full for that year um, and take just, advantage of that. Would you mind just adding that in there, like maybe in parentheses after the number, you know, Two million, whatever. 
you know, parentheses, which resulted in a savings of 3% or X dollars. Yeah, yep. Whatever it was. So that, I mean, people can clearly see the benefit of prepaying. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So I can I can include that in for the city council um, meeting that we will will bring this to. I think that's good. Because that's more than so three percent savings. But that's if we have it, it's just sitting in a bank account. It's not earning anything, right? Not so. earning anything. Yeah. No, no, it's it's pretty small potatoes. Okay. Yeah, I, I like that. I think that's really good. Um, so I'll bring that to to the report. And just just help bring that in and then this there were charlie charlie mentioned that there were like two different two two more years of payments on the side fund and there was there was some savings um yep. with pre-funding it i'll try to get that information as well yeah i'm pretty sure we talked about that in our second in our second july meeting i think our city council meeting yeah yeah but since i'm, I'm calling it out as to the reason for the decrease but yeah, yeah. It, it's good to bring it back and, and just say, hey, this is this is why we did it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I, I like that. Okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah, Mary, you're correct. That was presented as part of a budget solution. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and you all approved that. <laughs> going yeah, we had a we had a big question about whether or not we were going to pay that out of the pension trust fund or whether or not out of the general fund. And that's why we left it. We did not pay it out of the pension trust fund. We paid it out of the general fund. So yeah. Correct. Yeah, and then this this paragraph here is really just talking about you know I, I have comfort in the bank balances for Leif, Bank of Marin, Bank of New York Mellon, um, as we have access to the bank account informations at this time. The PAR statement was will be available the fifteenth. Um, will result in a change in balance as of nine thirty because it, it's 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 as of nine thirty, but it's just not available. Um, so that will that will most likely change between the finance committee meeting and October twenty sixth. Um, We'll record those additional revenues on GL, clean up that unreconciled difference, and then the the PARS balance will change. So those are expected changes from the draft to the, the final. Um, but I, I have faith that we'll have it fully reconciled and ready to go before our, our October 26th council meeting. Okay. All right, so that is the treasurer's report for Q1. Um, fiscal year 22 and for fourth quarter <clears throat> fiscal year 2020 20, 21 sorry okay I will then turn it over to Adam Adam's going to discuss our general fund budget to actual reporting thank you Chad nice job thanks sir okay can um Chad, can someone confirm you can see my screen okay now? Yes, yes sir. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, very good. Well, so this is new. This is the first time you all have seen this template. And so similar to the treasurer's report, we are looking for feedback and looking for preferences moving forward as we perfect this template as well. Um, we had looked back and, and there had been mid-years presented to finance committee in the past, but we weren't finding a good template for a quarterly uh, budget budget to actual update. So this is something that Chad and I put together in, in hopes that it creates a foundation and is also builds on the spirit of interim reporting that is timely and accurate and dependable and frankly tailored to what you all want to see. 
So, um, so I'm going to start. I'll, I'll, I'll walk through the Q1 results first and point out a few things just to make sure you're 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 following along. Answer any questions, then we can look at the FY21 results as well. So. A uh, couple couple items. These are going to be all unaudited. Um, and in this case, again, the, some of these numbers are still unreconciled. Uh, so there may be a few adjusting journal entries yet to be done. Um, any of those adjustments will be made made whole and be available in your subsequent quarter report. So each of these are presented as a year to date uh, point point in time. So the first page or two just walks through a few aspects. So. In this version, in both cases, we're looking at general fund only, um, and we're looking at the results in the measured period. So for this, it's the quarter one or the months of July through September. And uh, one other aspect that I'd want to, you know, walk through is the budget methodology. In this case, everything is recognized on a cash basis. Um, and additionally, the methodology of level of control is at the fund and departmental level. So you'll see. Uh, revenues by account and expenditures for the general fund, as well as expenditures within the fund by department and major budgetary classification. Um, one thing that we wanted to talk about as well is this concept. I don't know if there any of you golf at all. Um, I, I try often and am pretty miserable at it, but um, I, I learned years ago, years when I first started my first city controller job that uh, this concept was taught to me called budget PAR, P-A-R. And it's a very simple concept. Uh, I'll, I'll try to apply it here in a moment, but it's essentially the number of the percent you are through the year is approximately a rule of thumb of what you'd want to spend. So essentially we're a quarter of the way through the year. So when we look at these departments results through one quarter, um, but for the most part, we want to see about 25% of our revenue budget in, 25% of our expense budget drawn down. Now, obviously, that's a rule of thumb, so it's going to break down at times. Property tax, twice a year, so that's something we'll have to take into consideration. Um, One-time expenditures or expenditures that aren't recurring in nature, so insurance premiums, debt services, certain employee benefits, as, as Chad just mentioned in the Treasury report, those are... Um, kind of items that, that are obviously extraordinary or non-recurring. So in that case, that PAR concept doesn't doesn't work as well. So in those cases, you'll see footnotes, um, and I'll try to point those out for the for the reader of these as well. And then uh, for the purposes of the budget measurement, we're using the current budget. So just to quickly define that, your approved budget in Springbrook is referred to as the adopted or the original budget. So after the budget's adopted, those are those entries are actually made into the accounting information system. And then day to day, departments have the opportunities to amend their budget to essentially move money from account to account. Uh, they may come to you through a fiscal impact analysis and the dish and ask for additional uh, funds. And that essentially revises the budget. So for the purposes of, of this schedule, all the actuals are being compared to the current working budget or the current budget as as, adjust, as adjusted. So um, when we, we talked a little bit about the um, budget par concept, so in this case, we're looking at, as we measure budget remaining, we're looking at the year-to-date actuals plus any remaining encumbrances minus that current budget. 
So in this case, encumbrances are the sum total of any open purchase order balances. And then lastly, just the, the departments uh, that you'll see in the report, and then a brief description of the budget classification. So ultimately, the accounting and budget administration is done at the line item object level. So these examples are various objects. For But to summarize the report and to make it a little bit easier to read for, for folks that don't, um, uh, you know, spend their, spend their time in municipal finance, we've tried to summarize those to kind of character groupings uh, just to make the report a little more digestible. Uh, certainly that's something that we can tailor as well. So these are the major groupings and then major uh, expense objects or budget line items that, that roll up or aggregate to, their, to those groupings for consistency purposes. Hey, Adam, just so, quick question for you. Yeah, um, for, yeah. you for years, we had a line item just called general government, and it was often difficult to understand exactly what was in that. Um, were the groupings that you just showed us intended to yeah. supersede prior uh, classifications, or is that just offer more granularity? I would say it's more granular. We're probably one level down from general government. So general government, I, I think of as a functional level, whereas what we're gonna present here for you is at the departmental level. So it's the kind of a child to that parent category. Does that Great. make sense? Yep. Thank okay. you. Um, yeah, good question. So, um, all right, so how did we do? So Q1 um, for the current fiscal year, the um, general fund net revenue surplus and deficit or in, in in other words, the net revenue results, so revenue minus expenses, was negative five million two hundred twenty-two thousand seven hundred seventy-eight dollars versus four million eight thousand six hundred three dollars for the same period last fiscal year. So, in summary, the uh, general fund through the first quarter had a net uh, net loss or net revenue loss of five point two million versus four million the prior year. So it had widened by one point two million dollars. Um, Total revenue received, and I'll explain that here in a moment, and the, um, the kind of precursor to that is those items Chad just talked about. So uh, revenue received is uh, was just over $2.54 million. Um, they, that came in at about 12% of your adopted revenue budget through the first three months, uh, not adjusting for property tax revenue. Um, previous year result to the same quarter was only 1.2 uh, million. So the actual revenues year over year through the same period are up 109%. Um, and the primary increase of this is the recognition and receipt of the American Rescue ARPA funding um, available to the city in the current year. So um, in other words, tranche one or 50% of your overall American Rescue funds allocation being reckon, rec recognized in the first, first quarter of the year. Uh, the department expenditures were uh, $7,767,000, uh, came in at 38% of the budget. So quick uh, application of that PAR concept. So that would, I would encourage us all to that, that should, that should raise, raise an eyebrow. We want to look into that to get an understanding of, of what's driving that extra, um, extra level of expense. When we compare that to prior years, we're up 49% year over year. Um, when we drilled deeper as a team and looked at that, the primary difference is um, that UAAL payment that was just mentioned, as well as the uh, special Section 151 trust payment uh, being being recognized in, in Q1. So as a 
a summary table and then in your packet you'll see a more detailed version of this um, this is where we stand the FY22 year-to-date amounts are in this column uh, so revenues and expenditures and again here are your expenses by department um, and then we've put in for comparability purposes the uh, FY21 numbers through the same period so think of it kind of quarter year year over year same same period um, for FY22 we have included the encumbrance amount so these are encumbered amounts that are tied to a purchase order and therefore the budget remaining is calculated as the FY22 budget minus year-to-date actual and encumbrances and then the percent spent is or spend rather is the percent of the total divided by the budget um, you'll see a few notes here in situations where those are well above that 25 percent spending level um, and those point to to one times in both cases when chad and i kind of normalize all other expenditures they were most much more closer in range uh, to what we would what we would expect uh, when i look at revenues they came in at 12.3 percent so that again raises raises uh, our interest and we look into that and we we consider when we look at the trends obviously we have no property tax revenue receded and that is the number one revenue source budgeted for fy22 so you'll see that um, likely jump to uh, closer to uh, 40 to 50 percent there's a there's a funding schedule that's allocated for for the city of Salcedo, uh, so we'll see that increase uh, increase here in the current quarter so um, let me pause there for a second. I said a lot. Any, any questions or comment on um, the initial results? Uh, Mayor, Vice Mayor, if I can. Mm -hmm. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, go back to that top where you talked about the American Rescue Plan Act. It's the first paragraph related to uh, why we're um, over in, in a way. The primary driver is. So, uh, so we got uh, allocation in June is my understanding we have a second allocation coming uh in june of this coming year as well is that your understanding um adam y yes so, so it's not like there was 1.3 million uh dumped into the city's uh, budget from that particular program at this time but the plan was to put all 1.3 million dollars into this year's budget is my recollection uh, we have not received all of that money yet. We've received half of it or a tranche of it. And the second tranche to come in June of 2022 uh, is, is my recollection. So so I want to, is that correct? Yeah, you're right. And the uh, timing of that, so that the allocations were made in, in June, I don't know the exact date we receded it, but you are correct. 50% of that initial allocation receded uh, to the to the ARPA fund uh, this quarter, this past quarter. Yep. yep. So that's that's reflected in that number. So I, I wouldn't want people to uh, in, uh, think that there was the total one point whatever number was. I think it was 1.3 million in total to Sausalito that was put in the first quarter because there's another tranche to come in in the latter part or the latter quarter of next year. Uh, but the second part, and, and this is for the mayor and vice mayor, uh, the question was asked of me if we already had programmed uh, all of that money uh, in a certain way. And my understanding was the answer is yes. We, there wasn't programs identified specifically for um, uh, those funds uh, that aren't part of our general 
recovery uh, of Sausalito. Am I missing something? No, I think I, I think you're right, and I think that was in our budget. You know, I mean, if this is a question you're asking, I think that was that was accounted for in our budget. The total spend on that, right? So, I can't remember off the top of my head what we decided to do with that money, but it's it's account it's baked in to the budget. Yeah, it, it, it precisely, Marion. That, that's so. Uh, in response to those kinds of questions, you know, when you get your second tranche of money from this program, this federal money. Uh, the question will be, well, um, have you spent it? Do you have a program for it? And, and you know, at this point, the answer would be, uh, it's baked into your budget as part of the recovery of the city's, this year's budget. It wasn't uh, put out over four different years and specific programs that, that were uh, eligible. This is an eligible expense, an eligible way to do it. And this is how Sausalito has chosen to do it to lessen the, um, uh, the uh, pull from your reserves, because if you recall right, we took 985000 in the projected budget uh, out of our reserves to balance the budget, and this was part of that solution as well. Right, and I think, uh, I uh, I recall we specifically talked about that before before you came on board. So it would it would have been with Charlie and um, our interim uh, Marsha Reigns. Correct. I can't, okay. I can't remember when we talked about it, but I'm, I'm positive yeah. it was in June. I feel like it was in June, May or June. No, it would have been in May, May or April or May. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Vice Mayor, can you remember when we did all that? No, but um, but I think maybe the point here is, and maybe you have this further down, Adam, but the granularity around the allocation would probably be quite useful, particularly in this sort of black swan year, if you will. And then um, I thought it was 1.69. Um, and so I'm sort of having trouble tracking it, but I think to the city manager's point, uh, we only received the first tranche. So to say that revenues are up 109%, um, we haven't received the full amount. I'm not quite following that, that logic. Yep, understood. It sounds like we need to expand this, this a bit to unpack how much of this 1.9 was recognized from tranche one of the rescue funds. And, and more fully be able to show reconciliation of year-over-year -year revenue uh, changes, if, I, if I'm understanding you right. Yeah, and I think that's the same with that uh, last sentence in the next paragraph. Anytime you we're uh, explaining a delta, we'll need some granularity around it because people want to know where to come from. How much was it? Mm -hmm. Same kind of, I mean, I, yeah. I, I think that may be just a cut and paste from the conversation we just had with Chad. You're talking about the UAL prepayment? That's right. And the section 15 trust is the same thing right so um i think just yep. an explanation of that okay good 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 feedback and please keep them coming our, our goal today was to to solicit is is you know that those types of changes um so let me just kind of continue on here so the next few and certainly what we just talked about will necessitate some edits here but then we went through revenues a, a bit more in, in granularity to show or the allocation uh, at this point in time. Um, somewhat, something I was thinking when Chad was presenting the treasurer's report, you know, there's there's certainly some stuff we could do here because this this also is a point in time. Um, so we could we could consider, you know, maybe at a mid-year, you know, we would do more trend trend uh, to show how it's building or quarter over quarter. All of those are possible. And um, now that we have good good data, um, but in general for today. Year today, the uh, top two revenues uh, from intergovernmental activities and then use of money and property represent 
half of all the revenue collected to the general fund. So, uh, and then as we mentioned, the property tax, again, it's super, it's very material for the purposes of the financials. The current budget is uh, 5 million, 5.88 million for the year of which only $107,718 has been collected year to date. So um, additionally, we'd like to see, we would look to see that that increase significantly so we can kind of beef up this note as well um, in preparation of the the full report. Yeah, because I think that's that's somewhat alarming to to see that sentence, but the next sentence, the next two or three sentences could be an explanation that you, and I'm talking about that year to date revenues represent 50% of the collected amount. Right. So, um, right. Yeah, I, I do. It's there are people outside my window. I apologize. Uh, they're walking away. Uh, yeah, I, I, we jumped from uh, the uh, the table that was before that to the revenue summary, and I, I had some. I had an observation to make that I think would, um, the one before that, yeah, there you go. Because you have an expense side to that and by department and your percentage spent, which I really am used to. I'm glad to see that. So thank you for putting that together. And, you know, you called it a PAR program. I call it city manager arithmetic. Uh, so 25% <laughs> of the year, you know, it should be, you know, 25% in some departments you know, we'll exceed that because it's seasonal where they spend or don't. But but that's what I look to, uh, Mayor and Vice Mayor, when I see something that looks out of kilter, like I see 58% in police, that perks my mind as to what's that about, or I see, you know, 11% in building or, you know, 6.5% in planning and zoning. Why is that so low? But that's a real illustrative quick jump to uh, a conversation with the department about uh, what's going on. So, uh, yeah, uh, PAR is good. Uh, City Manager Arithmetic is another. Uh, and this was raised by Vice Mayor Kelman at the last meeting before when she wanted to know what the consent and the calendar spending or the, the consent and the um, business agenda spending was. And it looked a little high. And I told her essentially it, it's part of a, a, a rhythm that you have in cities that, you know, it's not alarming to me. And this helps illustrate why, you know, you can make that kind of an assessment. So, so thank you all for doing that. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, thanks for the feedback. You know, um, sorry, Adam, Chris, I, your explanation to me was extremely helpful. And just for context, um, we had uh, something like about half a million dollars in spend on consent. And certainly if you just looked at a number, you didn't understand the program, you would wonder why. But as, as the city manager was articulating, in most cities, you have this natural cycle, and we certainly want to pay attention to infrastructure and, and divide between maintenance and new contracts. And Chris walked me through that. Um, I don't know how you capture that here, but something that maybe in looking forward, we can kind of tie to the capital improvement program to illustrate that natural cycle. And so then when uh, constituents and residents look at um, how the money is being spent, they feel very comfortable with it because they understand this is going to happen at this time period and this is part of something that's really positive for the community, not just unwarranted spend. Yeah. So so uh, to give you another sports analogy, uh, Mayor and Vice Mayor, it's like that uh, mile run. You got four laps, you got four quarters. And just because you're out the quarter, the first quarter and you're way behind or you're way ahead, it really doesn't matter till the third lap and the fourth lap. So as you get closer to the end of the fiscal year, uh, you get more clarity and, and it's either more alarming or less alarming. So uh, that, that's my feedback on 
these quarterly reports. This one is the tough one because you haven't received your property tax and you've done some things to uh, pre-fund and obviously that shows on the expense side and on the revenue side in a way that a resident may scratch their head and say, what's going on there? But I wouldn't be alarmed. Uh, I only get alarmed at the end when the audits come in. Yeah, so that's that's great. And so maybe, um, I don't know if you want to, if you guys want to put the, um, you know, the, the preface, an explanation, like this is what you're going to see in this report. Um, some of these things may look alarming, but this is what, this is the natural trend. And, and as we talked with Chad, that's going to become apparent when we start doing like maybe annual graphs or something. Um, so uh, that that's important though, because if somebody that's not particular hasn't been down this road before, and then they start looking at, you know, a 68% spend in non-department or something like that, it's alarming. And that's going to, that's going to generate questions um, and requests for explanation anyway. So you might as well just throw it in there. I mean, not just, you know, so, um, it's a, it's a, um, your reports are also, obviously, you know, this is, is also a teaching moment as well and it, for everybody, right? So, anyway, thanks. Are we no, no, very good. I'm just making a note for myself on that, on that last point and just to add that kind of additional trend or um, kind of language that just kind of help kind of ease, ease, ease of uh, readers. readers yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that kind of yeah. set that expectation, if you will, yeah. that, that you're going to have these, these large expenditures in Q1 and you're going to have a low revenues in Q1, but then kind of, kind of tell that story and tell that, that natural rhythm of, of, the, of the finance. Yeah, I like that. And then add more clarity to our notes, like provide more context on what was that UALL payment, why did we do it, um, give, them, give them a little more there. I think yeah. that makes sense. Okay, very good. All, everyone okay if I move uh, to the next chart? Sure. Okay, um, let's see here. So we talked to revenue at a high level. I think there's gonna be pretty consistent feedback then with the expenses. Um, very similar, so we're looking at allocation. In this case, we're looking at it by department. Um, so in this first one, we're looking at spend by department. Obviously public safety, specifically police, is um, the largest. Um, allocation of resources there. Um, again, kind of recurring theme. We'll we'll build this out and add additional detail here um, as as needed to kind of just help a help a reader understand understand some nuances uh, there with with more detail with these items. And then we have another chart here that looks at it expenses, same period uh, by by classification. So in this case, again, seventy six percent is going to personal services, um, or more specifically salaries and benefits, followed by uh, contract services and supplies uh, being, being making up the rest. Obviously, we're just looking at general fund only, so that is why the capital outlay is, is so low. Uh, as we evolve this to be more of a government-wide view over time, you'll, you'll start to get more of a balance of how much is being allocated to long-lived asset or capital, capital improvement type, type items. I'm also making a note for myself, we apparently have some degree of chart resolution <laughs> issue going on here. We'll make this look a little bit um, less pixelated uh, in our in our next next version as, as well. Um, and then uh, just to, to, to sum up in the narrative and then I'll jump into the detail. Um, this is, you know. Uh, Adam, before you run off. Oh, go ahead. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. So 
where would contractual costs show up on this uh, this pie chart? Yep, contract services, uh, this 14%, sir. And that includes planning, building, uh, virtual gov, everybody. I believe that is correct, yes. Okay, great, thank you. Yep. And then, uh, so a couple things here, you know, this is again, really more intended for an outside resident user just to give them a little bit more visibility into um, really some more fiscal policy type items. Um, not to go really detailed into this, but we just wanted to kind of express at point in time, you know, some just governing principles of the, of, of, of the city with regards to what its intent is. And then as far as day-to-day -day planning, um, this is an opportunity for us all to present the actions in other other avenues that information is made available. So um, something that is still a work in progress, admittedly, but we are trying to get, get off the ground is a monthly budgetary review internal with department. Um, just as Chris mentioned, it's, it's, it's critically important to have that communication open and look at budget variances before they become a problem and, and, and also make sure that they're implementing the budget that was adopted. I, um, for, you know, I've, I've seen it a lot of times where you pass a budget and from your all's perspective, from the council's perspective, you're like, hey, we approved that, where's this thing at? And then from a department's perspective, you know, they're not planning to do that until Q3 or something. Uh, so just trying to really kind of help implement and set up monitoring processes. So we're still working on that as a department. We're getting better by the day. Um, we do update OpenGov. It's a, the public portal is updated now Fridays. Um, so it's most up-to-date information that's in the general ledger of the city. So all the public reports are dated as of a Friday uh, update for year-to-date. And uh, I know that uh, Chris has been implementing various different strategic planning processes. There's one coming up later that we'll talk about. Um, so that's kind of our the spirit of the culture of reporting that we're trying to aspire to is you know, really solid, good communication day-to-day uh, -day and month-to-month -month with the department, working through budget challenges before they escalate into big wholesale issues, and and then having a really good transparent process to the public and then more of an informed uh, intellectual conversation with you all on a, on a routine, structured, consistent basis as well. Um, I believe it was Vice Mayor earlier that said, you know, ultimately, this is to help you drive decisions, and and I that is 100% aligned with what Charlie, Chad, and I are trying to get get to as well. Like ultimately, our we view ourselves as really just an ex, uh, an extension and an advocate for for you all to be able to make decisions. And the better quality information that we can publish and that we can get out timely and accurate, that just helps you all make policy decisions. And we want to be an extension for that. Um, so that just talks a little bit about that. And obviously, a little bit of the risk, like. You know, we, we try to, for, Chad and I are good forecasters, but we don't have a crystal ball. Um, so that's essentially what this discloses, is that there's there's unforeseen unforeseen risks in these numbers and just gives us all a little um, comfort as, as things as things change. And then the last couple schedules here um, probably answer some questions as well. So in the narrative component, which we just concluded, it, everything's summarized, right? It's summarized that, you know, either revenue or expense or expense by department, this provides more granularity still so this goes down to the account classification level so to get a little bit in the weeds this is still summarized so to be clear uh, like property tax for example i think chad when we're looking at this there's two or three different objects 
that actually sit under this. Um, so to try to make this clean and, and as you know digestible as we as we could, we decided for this first draft to present these at what's commonly referred to as a classification level. So um, so what that means is that when we look at revenues, these are the 10 or 12 kind of revenue objects or revenue accounts we'll be tracking on on a on a year over year basis. And I do believe that's good best practice because sometimes folks classify things in the wrong object and it makes the year over year variances kind of tricky and sometimes just leads to false conclusions. So when you when we summarize it at this one step higher, I don't think you lose a lot of um, information or insight and you, you actually quite simplify it. So in this case, you're not looking at two or three different property tax objects. We have all that information. If you want to add it, we can certainly do that. But for um, simplicity, we, we tried to keep it at, at, at a, some one step higher level just for aggregation purposes. So then when we look at expenses, same thing. So we have those accounts and then um, the we broke in each department out by salary, benefits, contract services, materials, um, and supplies, et cetera. So, um, and then all of your percent spends, encumbrances by each, um, are all are all here. So, happy to let you react to, to react to this um, and and ask any questions. But this is really just an, an expanded view of the summary that you saw a moment ago. I would point your attention. We have some expanded notes here as well. Um, I think this is getting a little closer to what we probably need in the body of the narrative, so we can work to continuously improve on that area. But um, there are some expanded notes here as well that tie out to these indexes uh, to the far right. So let me pause there and see if there's any additional questions or feedback on those last two or three pages. Oh, I don't have any questions. I should have said this at the beginning. I had a hard stop at four. <laughs> so I'm sorry. And my fault. I know I let us down some some rabbit holes. So um, I just wanted to throw that out there. I don't have any questions or any further comments. I just yeah, I, I have a few. I'll be quick. Um, so, uh, you know, the question I always ask myself, Adam, um, is what reports will assist the council in making our resource allocation decisions? Um, and maybe to some extent we need, you know, to know exactly what our decisions are. And so it'll be an iterative process with our, our planning. Um, so that's what I'm looking for here. And, and I guess one thing that might be helpful um, is that traditionally some reports group accounts one way and, and others in, in another and it's difficult to um, to compare across reports. So if we can at least make sure we have a consistency across reports, that's a, a good start. And I think that's where you guys are, are headed. The other thing uh, is for each line item to have an actual and then the variance. And that'll allow us obviously mm -hmm. to see what is actually, what is happening. Um, and so uh, I know you have some of that information here, but in a way, right, like encumber, fiscal year 22 uh, encumber, that's not really gonna resonate for, for most people just glancing at this understanding what does that mean to be encumbered? Why is it encumbered? Where did that come from? Um, so I, you know, just this is what we thought it would be. This is what it ended up being. is is always uh, easier way to look at it. And um, if you feel like that's captured here, then that's fine. The other thing we might want to do is have reports that are tailored to specific um, issues. And um, I know there's some sort of sales tax analysis that we get from HDL, but to the extent that we start to kind of move forward with specific um, efforts to increase sales tax, we might want to have some of that focused um, on those specific initiatives. And that's something we'll come back to you with, but I just want to flag it as you're slicing and dicing some of the, the information. Yeah, very good. I noted both of those, and I I think we can work and massage the variance a little bit. Um, 
we did we did display budget remaining which is sometimes you'll see this flipped where it's kind of budget variant so let us let us take some creative kind of expression there and see if we can internalize that and then uh, similar to kind of that prototype conversation we can maybe in advance of the next issue of this uh, send out a version to get get your get your comment and I think the programmatic lens is 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 well said and we are full open arms to help support with that as you have even as you have ad hoc policy issues like that's what we're for we, we want to be a tool for you all to give you the information quickly and then let you all make 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 the tough decision um, yeah thanks so, it's, so we so sorry so we have revenue we have expenses um do we sorry you were flipping through it and i was taking notes do we have fund balance and liabilities uh, slide no, okay. no we don't and uh, yeah i think yep yeah, so uh, if i'm hearing you right would you like to maybe add that uh, element as well yeah i think that will dovetail nicely with a conversation we were having with chat earlier okay well well said yep okay and all right, so I, I, I want to be mindful of, of Mayor's time. So I can, I'm pr pretty much completed with this. The one thing I would point out, um, so HDL did provide a property tax summary. There's, I've read through this twice myself, and each time I take a bit of different information out. For the sake of time, I would just, I would just point out a few things and then just encourage you all to take a look at it if you've, if you've not yet already. A um, couple items of note that I saw was just the gross increase um, year over year of 2.8% on the tax roll. I thought that was intriguing. Um, I also took note of uh, the actual large um, uh, variances year over year. So as far as the total, the largest value increases on assessed property um, year over year, you can actually see your top 10 property owners at this point time at the bottom. Um, as well as the median price increase, it did see uh, its largest percent change um, on, you know, within this within this measurement period, um, which is uh, currently at 14.13 percent increase year over year. Um, goes on to talk talk a little bit how sales were impacted with COVID-19, um, which was interesting. Um, and then the other thing that I that I thought, you know, specifically to those policy conversations, and I know this is. This is a California issue as well as in other other communities as well. And just the housing affordability. So it goes into quite a bit of detail with regards to different county by county comparison with those. So for the sake of time, I'm, I, I just wanted to introduce this. It's in your packet. Uh, we're happy to take any questions and try to opine um, and, and help you work through the analysis. But uh, for the sake of, of time, I'll just try to leave it leave it there and, and then switch over to the um, fy uh, 21 results if, if i may and i'm all mm -hmm. just say future agenda item um let's focus on hdl and the data they give us and making it way more useful for the city um it's lots of snapshot type things but we need trends so we'll just put a pin in that yeah uh, yep. what, what? if i can mayor yeah, sure, go ahead. Uh, this, this report was presented, uh, I think, last week to Charlie and myself, and there's a lot more information to it. Uh, there's in particular two pages that I think need to be uh, incorporated, and they're both related to historical receipt of property tax. Uh, one of them is, you know, goes back to 2012-13, shows how the city's property tax uh, amounts have um, trended. I think that's really important. I think that's page 20. And then there's another slide that is equally important, and that's the breakdown of the property tax dollar. 
what the school's getting, what the city's getting, what the fire district's getting, what the special district's getting, et cetera, et cetera. I think those two slides would be really informative to the community and to myself. Mm -hmm. I agree, 100%. We'll take we'll take action on on that and get that information out. And then let me jump to jump to the one last one I've got here. So yeah, FQ4 FY21. So um, I can move a little quicker on this one because a lot of the language uh, we we walked through in the last last version. So this is for year end results for the general fund for the previous fiscal year. And when we look at the actual net results here on page four, so in this case, the uh, general fund ended the year um, with a uh, actual net net revenue surplus of $1,552,026 versus um, negative $923,526 for the same period. Total revenue was up 107% came in at 20,562,000. Uh, previous, previous year results were 19.1. Um, the total expenditures for all departments in the general fund um, were at 19, little over 19.01 million, or 97% of the budget uh, through, through the year. And same format, you can see the total results by department, et cetera. Again, we, we will work to add additional detail on these variances uh, just to make it easier for user to be able to point to the significant um, favorable and unfavorable variances. But you'll see format's exactly the same. It'll be consistent so that it's easy for someone to look at snapshot over snapshot and see those trends. Um, and then all the uh, pie charts, all the tables, et cetera, are updated for those same, same period. So for uh, fiscal year 2021, here we did have full year revenues uh, property tax coming in. So they were your largest source of 31, 31%, followed uh, closely by um, transfers in from other sources, sales tax, um, and a variety of others. So what I see here is, is, is pretty well balanced uh, diversification. That's something that, that, is, that is important and we should probably notate over time as well, uh, just that, that aspect and how it maybe evolves. Um, and then when we look into the expenses, uh, just a couple quick notes, and then I'll open it up for questions. Uh, police on a full-year basis uh, came in around 31% of total expenditures, um, and you can see the balance by by department here. We have non-governmental, which is uh, some of the uh, uh, debt service and those kind of items. We have planning and zoning, admin and finance, um, uh, technology, et cetera, kind of overall kind of spread around spread around the, the city here. Um, and then by account, salaries and benefits of 59%, so slightly different. This is kind of an interesting compare and contrast to Q1. Um, so when we had the full year, we have more kind of activity, um, everything kind of changes. So in this case, contractual services were 23%, supplies and materials at five, still no capital. Here we had a transfer out uh, or aggregated transfers out of 13, 13%. So, trying to go kind of fast to be considerate of your all's time, um, but I don't want to gloss over any questions. So let me let me be quiet and, and see if you have any questions or feedback on, on 2021's results. Yeah, and just because I have to drop off doesn't mean the vice mayor and Chris and you guys have to stop, right? So I don't want to have okay. an artificial stop time. So I don't have any questions. Um, it looks to me like the conclusion is that 
expenditures or down and revenues up. So mm. that's good. I'm good with that. Um, but anyway, I'll just drop off when I need to drop off, which is going to be in a couple of minutes. So yeah, I don't have any okay. specific questions. I'm sort of still absorbing the, the format, which I think is a huge improvement. So thank you, Adam. I, I do have a yeah. comment, Mayor and Vice Mayor, before Please. I drop off. And that is that, you know, these projections and these revenue estimates were done in the COVID environment. So uh, that has to be factored into, you know, why you might have missed or not. Thank you. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. And that should be in an explanation somewhere, right? Where when we started uh, a year ago, that was the, the you know, landscape. Okay, guys, I've got to go. Thank you so much, you guys. I'm so sorry. I've got to drop off. Thanks, Joe. Yep, all good. Have a nice thing. Team, before we, we drop off, I just want to make um, a request for two future agenda items, uh, since that's next on our agenda. Uh, one I already mentioned, which is to, to take a look at the data we're getting from HDL and see how we can make that more useful from a trend and policy perspective. I know we have some limitations legally in terms of actually being able to um, have a granular look, but there are a lot of assumptions being made around the types of businesses that bring in revenue, how much the sales tax revenue contributes to the overall coffers, um, how much TOT varies. I, I think I asked Josh last time, I wanted to see the, the intersection between TOT and sales tax. When TOT goes up, do we actually get more sales tax? Um, you know, if it's in a, in a time there, um, we have uh, higher rates on the uh, hotels, but maybe we have fewer visitors, we might not see that. So just be interesting to understand those trends. And then the other thing, uh, I think Chad, you were going to work on it, uh, are our leases. Um, so I'll leave it to um, the city manager to help us decide whether it's an appropriate time to bring the lease management back to the finance committee. Um, but that was something that came up at our last meeting. And Chris, yeah, you have your hand up, so why don't you? Yeah, uh, one, one, one question, Mayor, uh, Vice Mayor, is uh, the uh, team has been working on a budget calendar for me. Uh, I think that would be an item to share with the uh, uh, finance committee and council and ultimately the community because I think it's really important for us to understand, you know, the milestones that go into a calendar year or our fiscal year is budget and finance responsibilities. Obviously, there's adoption of the budget and there are other things that a finance department has to do, whether it's complete an audit or get W-2s out. Um, that uh, really are on a calendar and uh, need to be uh, people need to be aware of them so if at some point in the near future hopefully the next meeting we can refine that document and make sure it's shared with this uh, committee to start that'd be great yeah that's a that's a great idea and as you were you're speaking i was also thinking about our our renewed vigor around infrastructure and i know that kevin does a great job of bringing together the capital improvement program um i i don't know i thought he had come up with some type of draft uh, either budget or, or priority but if there's a way to meld that conversation with some of our budgeting conversations i think that we want to develop this story from a financial perspective um, with a lot of transparency and clarity around the fact that we we may be allocating more money uh, towards infrastructure how and why uh, what the budget is when we go over budget this is, this could lend itself to some of the programmatic type um you know uh, assessments adam but just letting the community know so there isn't a, a misunderstanding or uh, or wondering about what, when you're going to fix the streets or what's going on with the sewer storm drains. I think creating that um, that roadmap would be really helpful. Yeah, you know, um, Vice Mayor, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, the intention on our end, we're about pretty close to having that totally finished. Uh, it's gone through 
a couple of iterations. I saw the latest one this morning. Uh, and I think that it's so urgent that uh, we don't have another finance committee meeting for, uh, I don't know when the next one's scheduled. Uh, so in my mind, that's part of the conversation on October 30th. Right. Uh, it, it will be uh, you know unveiled at that time. And uh, it's really essentially a gap analysis and as many infrastructure categories as we could think of to kind of give people a sense of the need uh, in the community and uh, some of the areas where that need exists so that we can all get on the same page about what the path forward might be. Great. Thank you. So I'm sorry, when you use gap analysis, you're talking about the financial accounting standards gap analysis or no, really no. data gaps? A, ge a general term, you know, we have, you know, oh, a, a road, road conditions that X, we want them at Y, that's going to cost you X amount of money. We have okay. X number of miles of sidewalks and whatever it is that we think we are going to try to understand and then ultimately see if we can create a plan to uh, mitigate. Okay. Yeah, I think when we get some more clarity around some of the negative fund balances, and again, I think the sewers comes up a lot um, and just the nature of that fund not being, um, doesn't lend itself onto a snapshot because of the complexity about how that money gets spent and what the constraints are. So um, more information around things like that will help us with this uh, gap analysis on infrastructure. Yeah. Yeah, and we want to meld that into our current capital improvement program so that, you know, we said we've committed X number of dollars over the coming year, uh, but we know we have these things that we haven't funded. We know that these things haven't even made the list yet, and therefore, uh, you know, what's the approach going to be in terms of uh, strategy? Are we going to do the pay-as-you-go and fix-as-you-go? Are we going to look at some kind of uh, real uh, approach to a significant uh, borrow of sorts that could address some of these needs? But but just understanding the overall uh, uh, thought process and the numbers associated with that. And as I've told a lot of people, this community is over 100 years old. And in that regard, your infrastructure is old. Uh, it also costs a lot more to replace infrastructure the longer you wait. And I know the city has made a, uh, a great effort with Measure O. Uh, and so uh, that's part of the solution. but a much more aggressive solution in my mind is required and so we want to kind of lay that out and the fact that the city council has created an infrastructure committee uh, i think is a good thing so uh, we'll see where all this heads but i appreciate those thoughts uh, vice mayor kelman right well then i'll just conclude by saying uh, chad and adam thank you that these are huge improvements um delighted to see the reconciliations and really staying on top of it so nice work really appreciate the effort and uh, I really also appreciate the iterative nature. So get us what you can in terms of a template. And um, I will certainly lend myself to the city manager if he wants my, my input. Happy to have, have give, give feedback. That, that is perfect. Um, you know, it, it, it is that iterative nature in, in, in what we're doing. So I think, yeah, we've made great progress. We'll continue to drive that, that forward and looking forward to our next meeting. Great, I am as well. Thanks, you guys, really appreciate it. Chris, anything else? We're all set. No, I think we're good, Vice Mayor. Appreciate okay. it. Great. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.